Welcome to the Moms Making Six Figures podcast. My name is Heidi Bartolotta. I'm your host. In this podcast, you will hear real women, real stories, and real inspiration. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. making six figures. So today I am interviewing um, a longtime friend, someone that I actually, we follow each other through Instagram. <laughs> you can hear me say that. Um, she became a mom later than me and she's had an absolutely amazing career in the legal profession. And I think that her talking about her journey as a woman in a very, very heavily male-dominated industry will probably create some ahas for a lot of women and also probably give you a little bit of a nudge in the way that she talks about it. She's phenomenal at what she does, and she's an awesome mom, and I hope you all enjoy my friend Monique. Today, I'm here with my friend Monique who I met a very long time ago. And I feel, I was telling her the other day when we were talking about doing this interview that I feel like we watch each other's lives on Instagram. Definitely. (laughs) She has the most adorable daughter on the planet. Um, Seriously, like I can't get out. It just, every time I see pictures, I just, it like, it makes me smile. She's, just so precious. So, but I asked you on to talk about your career path. So, um, Monique Lashbrook is a very, very successful attorney. And I thought it would be cool if you just told us a little bit about your story and just some of the things that women can learn from. I think there's so many that they could learn from with you. So I'll probably ask you a few questions in it, but if you wouldn't mind starting out by just talking a little bit how you ended up in law and what did that look like for you? Okay, sure. So um, I am a real estate and corporate transactional attorney, which means I don't go to court. And um, my areas are typically male dominated. Um, so I'm generally the only woman on the call or you know in the transaction. Uh, I started out Um, After law school, I always knew I wanted to be transactional, didn't want to go to court. um, And I practiced in Chicago right out of law school for a little bit. And then I came back to San Diego um, because that's where I'm from. And I started um, working um, in a corporate field and also noticed it was heavily male dominated. Um, But I enjoyed the work, so I continued to pursue it. Um, I was working at a large firm, and then I ended up working um, for the city of San Diego for um, the redevelopment agency. Um, So I went into government work for a little while. I was a deputy general counsel there. And then I ended up in a general counsel position for a real estate investment company. So I was doing both corporate and real estate there. And I found a lot of challenges there with respect to being the only woman. Um, oftentimes I wasn't taken seriously, even though I knew I was right and my answers were right. Um, constantly kind of pushing up against that, not being included in certain meetings where I should have been included, but I didn't let that bother me. What I did from that is learn from that. And it made me work a little harder 
and, um, you know, take extra time to really make sure I knew what I was talking about. So they wouldn't um, ignore me or discount what I was saying as much. Um, they still did it, but <laughs> not as much. And then they grew to respect me. You know, um, I would say that if I was a man, I would probably been treated differently. I know I would have been treated differently, um, but I didn't let it bother me. And I kept persevering. Um, I ultimately left my general counsel position and went back into private practice, which is crazy. No, nobody really does that. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> people are so covetous of general counsel positions and let, and yet you left. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I think it was, for me, it was a little toxic. You know, it was like, you're dealing with this company and these people have big personalities and I wasn't enjoying the work and I was kind of bored. I'd learned from them what I wanted to learn from them. And I said, okay, I'm leaving. And here's my replacement. You can hire this person. And they didn't, they followed me. And I went to a very large firm, um, one of the top 50 firms in the country and worked there for a while. And that's this client continued to follow me and I got more clients, um, mostly men <laughs> um, are my clients. Um, one, one thing I, I do want to note is that I had a friend from law school and she um, reached out to me and she became a GC of a really big company. And she said, can you do the real estate work for this company? And because she wanted to promote other women mm -hmm. and we had a friendship and that was really fantastic. And I'm seeing more and more of that in the legal field. Um, women are really supporting one another. And it's a really great thing to see and, and to witness um, happen. And so I have another client because, you know, through my friendship and from the fact that I'm a woman, instead of, you know, not getting the work because I'm a woman, I got it because I'm a woman. And I also like to think I'm a, a decent lawyer too, but, you know, aside from that, you know, that, that was, that was nice. Um, so I stayed at that, that large firm for several years. And then I recently moved to a smaller firm due to, um, you know, this firm, the rates were getting higher. I'm sensitive to what my clients are willing to pay. And so now I've just made that adjustment this year and it's been a little bit of a transition, but I ultimately think it's, it's good for me. Um, I will say in, um, both of the past firms I've worked at, more recently, I've made it a real point to get involved in mentoring young uh, female associates and also being part of the women's groups. It's really important to support uh, and, and show people, you know, that they can be in the same position you're at. I, I participated in a panel one time and I had so many female um, associates come to me and and tell me that they looked up to me and I was kind of shocked, <laughs> you know, they're like, we can be that too, you know, and you don't realize even the small things you do really have an impact. And don't you, it's, it's so interesting to hear you say that um, when you weren't included or when maybe you were supposed to be on a call or something and you weren't, you didn't let it bother you. I'm sure internally it bothered you, but you decided that you were going to rise above that. Right. And do you think it pushed you more because of that? I think what the, the GC position was where I really felt it the most and it pushed me to, to be better at what I do mm -hmm. so that they couldn't refute me or discount me. And I really didn't realize I was doing it at the time. 
it's in retrospect, I understood what I was doing. You know, I, I started to become um, more cognizant or, you know, pay extra attention to make sure I was giving them the right answer, you know, and, and just doing learning my craft a little more. And so in some senses, it pushed me to be a better lawyer. You know, I didn't feel angry at them or feel discounted. I was kind of like glad I didn't have to be in all those calls or hang out with them so much. <laughs> but when it was time to listen to me, I, you know, I was pretty firm and said, no, this is the way it'd have to be. Mm-hmm. Frequently, they'd say, well, why don't you call Bob and ask what Bob thinks? Mm. Oh, interesting. And he was my outside counsel. And I said, Bob agrees with me. And Bob would say, and I was lucky to have him as a mentor and as a friend to say, Monique is right. So that would happen when they didn't like the answer I gave them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of hard to swallow at the time, you know, go ask someone else. But again, I, I learned from it and um, it's helped me to become a better attorney. I think it's interesting because I think that there are a lot of parallels for women that are in any type of profession where it's male dominated, right? I think they probably experience very similar things. And I just love the way that you handled it because it's so much, I don't know, class (laughs) to say, yeah, I'm not going to take this emotionally. I'm just going to prove to you that I'm as good or better than you are. And, um, I don't know. I think it speaks very powerfully about you, but also probably the reason that so many women look up to you in the profession. So, so let's talk about one of the things that we talked about, which is you're um, a very active mother. And um, we talked a little bit about, you know, balance and sacrifice, and let's dive into that aspect of your life a little bit. And Tell us a little bit about how that played out because you've had a very, very intense profession and yet you have, you know, a beautiful daughter that <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you spend every moment with. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely challenging, um, you know, with the demands of my job <clears throat> and raising a child. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, that I have a great support system with my husband and my parents and family um, that enable me to do that. Um, But for me, it wasn't ever a question of if I was going to have a child, it was just when. And so, um, you know, she's been just the blessing to my life. I feel, you know, lucky to be her mom. And I'm, I'm, it's just the most fulfilling thing for me. But I also want to show her a good example. Um, It is hard when I hear you work a lot. Or, oh, I'm happy you don't have to work today on, the, on a Saturday, you know, and, and I don't typically work weekends, but she knows that I do have to work a lot. Um, and it's important to show her hard work and but also show her balance. So I, I do struggle with, you know, hey, I've got to take time away and, you know, spend it with her. I'm like this Thursday, I'm going to take her to a hip hop class at 4.30, you know, where I probably should be working, but I'm going to take that out because that's, that's meaningful and I can make up the time later. Um, but I, I try to do those things to make sure, you know, she feels important too. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's just like you work and you work and they don't always realize it and you, you don't, and they don't understand. So something that you said, um, 
to me when we were speaking before was that you've learned to create boundaries. And I think that's such a powerful lesson for anyone, but for women in particular. So will you talk a little bit about that? Because you you have put up some pretty strong boundaries and it sounds like it's served you very well. Yes, I um particularly back with that um the company I was uh, a GC for, I um, definitely set up some boundaries um, to, you know, this is the time that I'm able to work with you on things. And after a certain time, I'm not. And I set that with all of my clients, you know, I have to make time for self-care for me and my family. Otherwise, how am I going to take care of my child and how am I going to take, do my job? You know, so it's, it's cyclical in some ways it's, um, or it's like a circle. Like I have to take care of myself again, so I can take care of my child and I can do a good job. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things with setting boundaries is, you know, at certain times, I'm not going to be able to call you back. I will call you back. And if it's an emergency, I will be there for my clients, but I tend to know what's an emergency and what's not an emergency. You know, the, if I'm working on a Sunday and all of a sudden they say, well, we need to get this out today. We don't. And I know that. So I'm able to set that boundary and say, you know what? I can't, I'm doing this right now because I have time, but I'll work on that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it does take a lot of courage and, and training <laughs> for your clients to, to get them accustomed to that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to abandon you, but I'm not going to do a fire drill every time you, you think I should. Yeah. I, that's interesting that you say it that way, because I had someone say to me once, um, just because someone creates a problem for themselves, it doesn't have to be my problem. (laughs) And I think about that sometimes, right. When people don't set their correct expectation with some, a professional that they're working with, like you, like, okay, you created, as you said, a fire drill, it's not my fire drill. (laughs) So although with your clients, it somewhat is, but I guess you know, the timeline again. So, Mm -hmm. so interesting. So give me your best parenting tip. (laughs) Tell me what your best parenting tip is. Uh, Tell your child you love them all the time (laughs) and give them hugs and kisses. (laughs) Which is so difficult. I want to hug and kiss your daughter. She's so, <laughs> um, so the other question that you know is coming that I always ask is, do you remember when you hit six figures? Which for you, based on your career, I'm sure you knew exactly when it was going to happen. But but will you talk a little bit to that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I remember when I made six figures in my base salary, because you can get like a base salary and bonus, which you, you never really know when the bonus is coming, but when my, I definitely remember when I hit six figures and I felt like, wow, I'd made it, you know, here I am. And I, and I felt I was relatively young, um, to be making that, um, money. And I, and I felt really proud of myself that I accomplished that. Um, and I had other friends who had made it, you know, earlier than I did, but that didn't matter to me. It was just like, I had done this. So I, I felt really proud about it. Um, and my parents were really proud for me. My dad was, you know, really excited. All that education that he paid for it finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what am I not asking? So our listener base is a lot of 
women aspiring to six figures and then other women that would be more like your and I count our counterparts, excuse me, um, that listen in. But what am I asking that you're like, oh, this would be a great one for people to to know a lesson that you've learned along your career path? I think a big lesson I've learned and, you know, I still struggle with it is um, self-doubt, you know, am I, am I doing this right? And, and really having the confidence to say, yes, you are, you know, don't, don't let any naysayer get you down, but you know, you know what you're doing and you're good enough and you deserve to be where you are. You know, you deserve to be in that boardroom. Um, so frequently, like we talked about, men have no problems asking for things and what they want. And yet we as women tend not to and wait for it to be offered to us. So, you know, don't doubt yourself. You can do it is what I would say. Even if it seems like insurmountable, like I can't do that, you can. And just try. It's such a great such a great lesson. And I think for a lot of people that understand the amazing career path that you've had, it would be almost a shock to them that you actually have thought that about yourself. Because I think we always look at others and think, oh, they never struggle with that. Right. So I think it's really powerful that you said. My God, every day I'm like, did I do this right? Like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Like, all day, every day, but that's my job, like to figure it out. So, and, and when people come off as, yes, I know what I'm doing. They don't, you know, (laughs) no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) We're all, we're all nervous inside. So um, yeah, I have that thought daily. Like, I don't know if this is right, but I'm going to say it, you know? So um, you just have to, you know, within yourself, you know, have, have faith and trust in yourself. That's a big thing. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So here's the big question, book or podcast. <laughs> and what, what would you recommend? <laughs> I'm laughing already just because of our conversation about this. I, I admit I, I don't have a lot of time. So I don't listen to, I've participated in podcasts, but I don't listen to them. I've never heard even the ones that I've done for work and things like that. Um, so books, I also, I read all day. That's all I do is read for work. So the last thing I want to do is read. Um, but um, I'm reading some good um, Pete the Cat books with my daughter. And I love Pete the Cat because he always has a good message at the end. It's always kind of like, be cool. <laughs> Stay true <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> so Pete the Cat is my recommendation for a book. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> I love that <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me. I so appreciate. It. I know how valuable your time is and how stretched you are. So I just so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And it was good to see you again. You're you're just so beautiful inside and out. And I'm I'm so happy for you and your daughters. They're so gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. I have I I'm not kidding when I say I just wait for your Instagram post to pop up. And I'm always like showing people, look at how beautiful she is. She's like the cutest thing ever. Uh, so, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Moms Making Six Figures podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. 
To learn more about Moms Making Six Figures, head over to momsmakingsixfigures.com. That's right, momsmakingsixfigures.com. 